Welcome to 1991 Movie Rewind, a podcast where we watch and review every movie released in 1991, from the all-time greatest classics to the critically panned and everything in between. We will rediscover forgotten fan favorites and uncover hidden gems as we explore the depths of direct-to-video. Join us at our celebration of the fun, unique, and diverse films of this highly underrated year. This week, we watched Bare Essentials. on 1991 Movie Rewind. In Bare Essentials, high-powered couple Gordon and Sidney, played by Mark Lynn Baker and Lisa Hartman, escape their frantic life in New York City by heading off on a tropical island vacation. During a romantic interlude on the private boat they rented, the two get lost at sea and quickly shipwrecked on a seemingly uninhabited island. The only other person they come across is a reclusive American named Bill, played by Gregory Harrison, who is not very eager to help. Screenplay by Alan Estrin and Mark Estrin, directed by Martha Coolidge, and debuting on CBS on January 8th, 1991. I know the answer to this, but have you seen Bare Essentials before? No, I haven't. <laughs> Had you heard of Bare no. Essentials before? <laughs> no, have you? No. Oh, okay. No, you've been working at the video store. This, the, so this, this is our very first TV movie. So Rock and Roll High School Forever was our very first fully directed video movie that we've covered on the podcast this is our first tv movie where it actually was like premiered on network television but it did get a home video release um but even working at a video store i do not recall carrying this at hollywood video back in the day so uh it was a surprise <laughs> I, don't know. I, I mean it surprised me because uh i was like wow these were the types of movies they allowed on yeah. network tv because yeah. it was like a a notch below like a skinamax movie it was and also like when when we first like when it first came up on our randomizer thing because we basically do like a randomizer for some of our movies we pick themes sometimes but you know um and we looked up it, it's rated pg this is like on like, the video cover it says PG and I understand that because this is like, almost rated R <laughs> to me. Well like in subject matter I guess like it's it's an adult movie. Yeah. With like no swearing because it had to be on CBS, no actual nudity because it had to be on CBS. There's no director's cut as far as I know that includes that stuff back in. So like it's tame from those perspectives and that it could get past censors. But, like, not even a PG-13. Yeah, not even a PG-13. But, again, they don't even, like, say, like, I know damn, we, you know? Yeah, I know we talked about the difference between, like, <clears throat> the ratings because of yeah, it's no Doc, Doc Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the way that things were PG back then were... <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why I watched all movies like this because my parents were like, I don't Well, yeah. I don't know. My parents did not care if I watched like rated R. I don't know. Whatever. I, I was able to watch anything at, since birth. I don't know. Yeah, different standards for the different ratings. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I was not expecting anything as sexually charged as this. Yeah. At all. <laughs> um, I also wasn't expecting to have like half of the characters come in you know, halfway through the movie. Yeah. 
is, I don't know, again, reading, the, like, the very brief description on, like, you know, the the box or, you know, like, the, the taglines on IMDb or whatever. Um, like, the tagline is, two gals, two guys, one deserted island, welcome to paradise. But you don't get to meet, like, one of the guys until halfway through. You don't get to meet one of the girls until three quarters of the way through. Yeah. So it's, like, I was expecting them all to be, like, on the island and interacting together. Like, the entire yeah, time. Yeah, like, immediately. Yeah, instead of, like, this weird shipwreck thing. And they just happened to be there somehow. So it completely messed with my perceptions um, on multiple fronts. But, again, I don't know if it really... Okay, I mean, who cares about our perceptions, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... The important thing was it was it good like who cares like how we got there but was what was there decent uh, and I'd say no I'd say it wasn't good no <laughs> I think it's pretty safe to say that it's not good no um, I'll say right away that like Marklin Baker as one of the leads was a very strange choice. I mean, it's probably because of his fame with Perfect Strangers. I would guess so, but like it... Kind of playing the same type of character, just the yeah overworked, overly stressed guy. Yes, he's highly neurotic and, and uptight and uh yeah frantic most of the time, exaggerated, like Cousin Larry was. Um, but I mean... I, from that perspective, I guess so, if they needed that. But, I mean, just just based off of type. Like, he's, you know, the odd man out compared to, like, the other beautiful people in the movie. No, sorry, uh, yeah. no, sorry, Mark Lynn, but you're just not yeah. on that level. And I think it would make more sense if this movie was on ABC, where Perfect Strangers was. Like, you know, some sort right. of like kismet of network synergy that they're trying to do. But this is on CBS, so it makes even less sense because it's you know, a rival studio doing this. Right. Uh, casting him in this role that doesn't really fit him. And I don't understand what either of the two ladies see in him. But, because his character, like, forget looks-wise, his character is just the it's, typical it's, shitty... Yeah, it's the stereotypical, like, it's, this is just very, like, every stereotype ever that was, like, in the 80s and 90s was in this movie. Yes. It's just, he was the overstressed Wall Street guy. The movie starts off with him, like, closing a deal. Yes. <laughs> Doing his best to close this deal. And, oh, man, there's so much tension in the room. Will it close? Will it not? Yeah. And I was like, I don't care. I no. don't know. And that's that was his whole thing, was being obsessed with this deal. Yeah, and they get to the hotel, and, you know, he's like, Trying to find a way to get a phone or a fax yeah, machine a fax in his machine, room. Because, you know, early 90s, you don't have a cell phone or anything like that. And plus, they're... They don't necessarily say... Well, they do say where they're going, but... Mara Tonga Island. Yes, which is like Tahiti area, I believe. Is but it, I know the movie was filmed in the Virgin Islands. Yes, it was filmed in the Virgin... But it was supposed to be like Tahiti area 
Yeah, that's why in my summary thing I just said tropical because I don't know if they said specifically in there. But yeah, um, regardless, if you know, it's like a tropical paradise resort area, and he's focused on work because he's not sure if that deal that he thought went through is actually going to go through because he's heard from some other dude who happens to be at the hotel. Yeah, that knows that his they business. know him. I was like, how do you how do you run into like a coworker from New York and this remote island? And how did he hear about this deal that yeah. happened right before he got on the plane? Like literally right before he got on the plane. And it, it's yeah. not. I mean, okay, from New York to Tahiti, I don't know the logistics of plane. Like, I'm assuming that's gonna be. Like a full day flight or something. I don't know. I don't know how far away it is. Because um, he said, yeah, I closed this morning. New York time. Whatever that meant. Yeah, but I don't know. I know Tahiti is like south of Hawaii. Like if you go way, way south of Hawaii. But I don't know. I'm assuming that's like. A 12-hour flight or something. Yeah, you'd think it'd be quite So wouldn't you be, like, dead tired? Yeah. From traveling? Yeah. I mean, they were... I know he's going back. They're going, like, back into... Whatever. But he was like, yeah, this morning. As if he was talking about, like, four hours ago or something. Yeah. Anyway, it's one of the things that... One of many things that don't really make a lot of sense in this movie. Um... And maybe we're just expecting too much out of yeah, a TV I mean. movie. Because even, like, you know, standard-ass theatrical comedies do this type of thing, too. You know, they just have convenient plot purposes. Or, or you know, just random characters that show up just for plot convenience, like this guy, Cal, who showed up at the dinner. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of, you know, spark that additional argument. And have Sydney and... and um, uh, Gordon Bicker in the hotel room about how he's always working and whatever and how she never supports him while he's working. You know, again, very typical yeah. argument stuff. And their arguments really do get very boring <laughs> throughout the movie. Right, it's just typical like stuff that couples in the 80s and 90s would fight about. Yeah, It's, it's like, kind of oh, like he said, she always... said, or whatever. Yeah, kind of, except it's more like money-based in this rather than career-based, which they're related, but not exactly the same. It's more like, oh, you only care about money, you don't care about me, you don't want to spend time with me. Yeah. And then she, and then he's but like, she's well, also you don't support like an... my pursuit of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's about it. But she but also yeah. has, like, an, she's a, <laughs> this is another stereotype, she's a DA. I feel yeah. like everyone in the 90s was a DA. In New York, yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're either on Wall Street or a DA. Those are the two jobs you had in mm-hmm. 1991, I guess. That's so, it. So she's a DA. I mean, she's doing well for herself. Mm-hmm. And so is he. But she just wants to spend time with him. And mm-hmm. he's all like, work, work, work. But, you know. Exactly. And that's what multiple fights are about. Yeah. Although, I mean, they're never arguments either. That's the other thing. It's where... She's kind of just annoyed. She's she, like, yeah. fine. Like, she's not, you know, going to give him an ultimatum. Like, okay, if you take this business call, I'm leaving. 
Exactly. He's just like, oh, I'm going to go take this call. And she just, you know, rolls her eyes and sighs. And that's like the end of the scene. Yeah, she's more matter of fact about it. And he's the one who sort of takes it more to extremes and sort of flies off the handle a bit more in a defensive way. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, well, this is just not good. And he's like, what do you mean it's not good? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, but it gets boring fast and you don't understand why they're together um but they are and and one of the things that they do to sort of like take their mind off of work is to rent this boat um and then he proposes on the boat sort of because you know they're not married yeah they're, they've been living together for a couple of years and he basically says you know like what would you say if I proposed to you and whatever? And she said, yes, I would agree that we should get married type of a thing. It's yeah. like a weird conversation. Yeah, yeah. And then it. he's like, well, why don't we just get married on this island and just turn our vacation into a honeymoon? Yeah, let's do a little time saver wedding is how he sort of yeah, proposed it. Yeah, he's kind of like killing multiple birds with one stone i don't know yeah exactly like so i don't have to take a more more vacation days right he's like why don't we just get married right now and then this will be our honeymoon yeah and she's kind of like not responding but then she's like i'm horny yeah <laughs> she's yeah. like shut up i'm horny all of a sudden and i yeah. was like what yeah <laughs> It came out of nowhere. <laughs> she just says, shut up, I'm horny. <laughs> it's like, this is making me horny. Like, this boat ride is making me horny. <laughs> I was like, Why? where did this come from? Why? What about this? And then this is where it turned into, like, a Cinemax movie. <laughs> so, yeah, then she, like, yeah, she just, like, starts undressing herself. And then uh, they do each other on the boat. And they immediately fall asleep. And then they fall asleep afterwards, and that's when they get lost at sea, and they wake up, and they're... They're you know, on they, another... They hit rocks yeah. off the coast. Um, it ruins the dish, boat. Different island. Yeah. It ruins the boat so they can't get back, and they're stranded. Um, <laughs> but before we even get to the island, like, around that entire scene, like, this whole thing is very fast-paced up until this point, right? Yeah. So you got, like, especially, like, you know, they have very short credit opening credit scene with, like, a little song. Yeah. Um, you have, like, this fast motion of, like, the people in the city and, you know, like, they, they speed up the footage of people, like, walking through subways and, you know, through the streets and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, like, that scene of him closing the deal, um, you know, they had a couple dramatic pauses for tension of, oh, will this person accept, will this other person accept? Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, like, up to this point, it's very, very fast-paced. It's almost like a stage play in terms of, like fast rapid fire dialogue and then when you get to them renting the boat like you see really long sequences of like aerial shots of the boat in the water yeah and just really slows down intensely it's it's the complete opposite (laughs) i'm assuming that's meant to be for effect it's like oh yeah this is finally you know finally able to relax but it just felt weird that you know, it's like, here's like two minutes of like boat shots before we actually have them speak a line of dialogue in the boat. And then while they're doing it, here's two more minutes of like boat shots, like from the sky mm-hmm. in the water. It's kind of off-putting. Uh, but yeah, evidently they fall asleep at some point and 
not only do they um, wreck the boat, but her important like Rolodex book <laughs> falls into the ocean. <laughs> Yeah. Which was an important plot point for those two seconds. I, I was like, why did she bring this if they're just going on, like, a, a day excursion? Why? Right. I don't understand. I thought it was his book because he's all business. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I didn't... And they make a very I didn't know big all point of, sudden of, like, she following was, it into the water. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I lost all my contacts and, like, everything. Like, that was my life. That was my everything type yeah. thing. Like, and his response was, oh, well... Basically, like, just some snide remark of, like, oh, it's wet as shit right now. Like, like, w- no point yeah, going after Yeah, there's no it way of salvaging it, because it's, it's wet like, water. Yeah. yeah, it's wet, wet paper now. Um, and then and she it. was, like, and then she was fine <laughs> with that it? plot point. If that would, I don't know, I would be angry for the rest of the movie. Like, oh, man, I lost the thing. But why yeah. would you bring that thing? Why mention it? Why show, like, a 30-second shot of it sinking into the water if it doesn't matter after that? Yeah, she was like, oh, oh, well, let's find someone or try to see if we can make a phone call on this remote island. They don't really do a whole lot of exploring of the island. No, they go like in a circle. I mean, I don't know how long, how big this island is because when they do eventually get quote saved by Bill, it seems as if his hut is like walking distance from where they like super close to where they are on the shore. So he, yeah. they couldn't just walk like with like twenty an feet path. And yeah, everything, it seemed like up this path yeah. and found a house. <laughs> right. With, you know, he has a full-on, his own, like, farm, I guess. Because yeah. he makes it, he has his own, like, little animals. And then he has his own little garden with growing vegetables or whatever. So it's like his own land. And yeah, the they just, they basically walk the perimeter of this island. And they're like, oh, well, we found nothing. Mm-hmm. Or they climbed, like, one hill. And then they looked out into the ocean yeah. But, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it would have been that hard to find Bill. But yeah. They didn't. And then they fall asleep on the sand. And then mm-hmm. the next morning... Then we get our first commercial break. Yeah, but we don't see commercials. Yeah, because we, we watch it on YouTube, um, which basically is like a rip of the VHS tape, so we don't have any of the commercials, unfortunately. I kind of wish... Like, the only time I want to watch commercials are, like, commercials from... 30 years ago yeah yeah it'd be nice to watch some of those yeah we come back from commercial sydney's gone she like gordon is awakened by a crab in his face that's yeah supposed to be a joke, and then sydney is like in quicksand falling in quicksand <laughs> all of a sudden yeah she just she, she found quicksand somehow which I don't know. I don't know. Logistically, that's Yeah, I don't possible. know the logistics of quicksand. I've never seen it. I'm kind of afraid of it. But, like, yeah, know. she's, like, on the verge of dying because she's, like, yeah. chest deep. Like, up to her shoulders. It's going fast. And uh, I was like, what the <laughs> And she's screaming for him. And then, you know, all of a sudden, Bill appears, like, grabs her by the arms. And he's like, you're too loud. Yeah. And then, like, um, Gordon comes by, and he's like, hey, let go of her, leave her alone. 
And so he just like lets her go and like leaves. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, ah. yeah, he's like, all right. And, and then that was whatever. Not like, that... oh hey, another person. Yeah, Help me. like oh Help her. hey, can. And like yeah, a person. And Can she's you... not like, I'm drowning in quicksand. Please save me. Yeah, she didn't. Or like, no, Gordon, I'm even I'm stop him in trouble say... here. Let me let him help me. Yeah, she didn't say. Oh, he like I was literally gonna die. Right. And he saved my life. She didn't say any of that. I don't know. That's, I don't know. That's, that's that like was that scene. Kind of like petty behavior that like Gordon is exhibiting the entire time. Like you know the stupid jealousy and. You can't even touch her. Right. Don't look at this direction. So they know that he exists. Um, at some point, he comes by to... They stay on the coast. Right. They don't, they don't try to find him <laughs> afterwards. Because it's like nighttime. They're talking yeah. on the coast. And he comes by to them and says, Hey, it's gonna rain. If you want shelter, I have a house. And they're like, No. We don't want your help for some reason. I, I don't trust it. I, like, I don't. It's just so stupid and contrived. And then, like, at some point, like, when it does start to rain, like, Sydney's like, yeah, I'm actually going to go to the house because I don't want to be rained upon. Rained. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to be soaked any more so, than I already like, am. And he's Gordon... like, oh, well, go ahead, but you might get murdered or, you know, assaulted. By this stranger guy. Yeah. And he doesn't care. Doesn't like go he doesn't after care that his all. now fiance. It like why couldn't he be like, oh, I'll go with you. Let's just go together. Yeah. So he's gonna he yeah like rather... protect her if you're actually worried about right. that thing. But so he's gonna be on the shore rained upon with no shelter because they don't yeah. like what is he gonna just hide like under a leaf. leaf or something? That's what he is doing. They're they're under leaves. <laughs> It's, it's like stupid weird pride that doesn't make sense except yeah. for, you know, to show that he's a man not good for her. Mm, yeah. But that also means he's not good for anyone. He's not good for the, you know. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. That's... Like, so, yeah. And then, yeah, so that we get to know Bill a little bit more in the hut. Um, yeah. Apparently, okay, this movie tries to be funny. Like, it's supposed to be a comedy. Yeah. It's not funny. It's, like, other uh, people money funny. Yeah. <laughs> Where, like, maybe it would have been good for a couple chuckles in 1991 to, like, older people watching this, but... Yeah, like, how he said, she said. That's why I'm kind of thinking, like, this... It's probably meant for people... I don't know. Like, people who are middle-aged and in this type of relationship i guess they're like oh yeah that's kind of sounds like how we are like they can i guess i don't know sympathize i don't i honestly don't know. yeah i mean it the whole movie is sort of like a 1940s sort of setup to me because like everything moves so fast and it's like sort of high concept like oh what if these two yuppie type people get stranded on a deserted island and then here's yeah, this they you know turn out to like it or often some tough guy yeah. who's gonna come and whatever and like everything moves fast and within a day they're in love mm-hmm. and, and like like honestly like Lisa Hartman's acting is very 1940s as well she's very dry and fast and really doesn't put much emphasis or. Um, emotion into anything she's saying so 
from that perspective, she's kind of in the 1940s type of delivery model. Um, but like one of the jokes in this movie is that Greg wears glasses in his reading. Just, you know, like, because he's, yeah, yeah, sorry, Greg is the actor. Yeah. Um, Gregory Harrison, like, the, the Bill is, like, reading in this hut, like, because you see him as, like, this macho, shirtless dude, you know, yeah, you're supposed to assume this... that he's, like, fully, like, this he's just a uneducated native. He's just a sensitive man reading in the rain. Yeah, and she comes and says, so, you know, can I take shelter here? And, oh my god, he's reading. What a crazy concept that is, this... Instead of what? He's like not a Neanderthal after all. Right. And then, you know, the weird thing of like... When he's like, hey, do you like to play games? And they like have this ominous music in the background. And, she thinks and she's that, like, what kind of games? Well, he, she thinks she's probably going to get killed. Yeah, because I think at that point he had said like, take off your clothes. Because like... He's like, gonna, oh, you should take... Well, he doesn't even... You're going to get what, jungle rot, was it? Yeah, ra- rash. Or something. I think it was Jungle Rot. Oh, specifically. I, don't, I don't really know. I don't even know what it, But uh, basically, like, take off your well, clothes or else you're going to have. Because she was problems. already rained upon. Yes. Already soaking wet. Okay, Jungle Rot. And so, he had. I think he had already said that at that point. He's like, do you like to play games? And it's like ominous music, and you have the storm in the background, and then the big reveal is Scramble! Mm hmm. Super funny. I mean board games. Oh, that's it. That's that's the joke. And yep, she sleeps over. Yeah. And she wakes up. She does not have clothes on at all, which is weird. Yeah. And then she's like, "Did we do anything?" He's like, "No, I told you about the jungle rot. I guess so. I like took were... the liberty of taking your clothes off." But like it's not like they were like drinking no. or anything. So like they played scramble. Why would she not know if they did something or not? And boy is she a heavy sleeper. <laughs> if, if she something did happened. not notice all of her clothes being removed from her. Right. I don't know. <laughs> well, not being intoxicated or whatever, anything. You know what I mean? Like mm, Yeah, yeah. It's just weird. So. I mean, they must have been heavy sleepers because they're able to just fall asleep on a remote boat. Yeah. <laughs> and then not feel them being they're both like crashing into ro- rocks or anything. Yeah, that. yeah. This is all about narcolepsy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So she wakes up naked, and he's like, "I took." The liberty of taking your clothes off. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to get that jungle rot that I told you about. And she's, you know, huffing and puffing about that. And that's when, you know, Gordon comes in. And he's like, why are you naked? Right. Yeah, why are you naked? And like, where's my breakfast, basically? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, you didn't want help last night. Now all of a sudden, like, you're like demanding food from this dude. It's just... Everything is just so stupid in this. <laughs> yeah, the way that they try to get help too was confusing. Cause oh, they they that wanted was, that was be- oh that was before she slept over, wasn't it? Yeah, they, they like met they him were... and offering money to for a radio or a phone or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was before. And his uh his radio, cause that's the only way he communicates is through this radio. 
Yep, and which his is currently broken. It's broken, yes. And there's a so supply there's no ship that's to... coming in a few days, and that's going to deliver him a new radio, I think, and they could possibly go back then. Yes. Or in a week or something like well, that. Well, they... It must have been longer, because they spend two weeks on that island. Yeah, so it must Probably have been yeah, a couple more. weeks then. They, they don't show every day. Yeah, they don't show it, but two week two weeks plus go by okay. throughout this movie i'll trust you on that i, don't I know two remember. weeks go by because they're like it has been two weeks oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they did say that multiple times near, near the end they're like it's been two weeks okay <laughs> all right and they don't even get rescued by the supply ship overall getting that later. right um but yeah so they can't get there and Bill doesn't want to help build a boat because he's like he just just doesn't care, right? And then, yeah, this <laughs> which is also so kind Gordon's of like, like, okay, I'm gonna build a full on boat to go back to this other island, mm-hmm. and then he decides to chop down palm trees with just like this tiny little axe. Yeah, he's given an axe, and he just like the most anemic, shitty axe swinging I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, oh, it's like he's. So then he chops down all these trees. He spends like a whole day chopping down these palm trees. And then Bill's like, I don't know how you're going to build a boat with that. Because palm trees don't, you know. They don't float. They don't float. And then Gordon's like, well then why didn't you like tell me this before I chopped all these trees down? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well I didn't know what you were doing or something. It's just very. Or like you didn't ask or something yeah, like that. yeah. Yeah. Well, you didn't ask me or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's all weird. It's like, Bill doesn't want to help, but if he, he doesn't help, does then they're help. going to stay there with him for longer. Yeah, wouldn't you be like, yeah, I'll do anything to get you out of my face. Yeah. Because that's what he seems like. He doesn't want them there. Exactly. And he doesn't want them in his business, because like, anytime they ask him a question or say anything to him, most of his responses are like one or two words at mm-hmm. a time. And like then he kind of just like walks off. Yeah. Which, again, is one of the reasons why it's so funny that he was reading, supposedly. You know what I mean? Like that's, why they, that's why they set up his Because he jokes, only like, knows one word. <laughs> yeah, because he knows, like, yes and no. But, yeah. Um. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then after all this chopping down of trees, Gordon throws his back out. Yeah, all the chopping yeah, ruins his back, and so he wakes up the next morning with a backache. Um... And so he stays behind while Sydney and Sydney and Bill are off like doing... fishing and stuff. Like help yeah. she starts fishing. Well, she starts just asking him like can can I help you with anything cuz you know, I have like nothing else to do. Mhm. So can I at least help you cuz yeah, he's you like know you're feeding us and stuff. Let me help out around the property and help you farm yeah, and whatnot. Yeah, she's like I'll help you with the farm. I'll help you with the crops that you have whatever and then they go fishing yes such a terrible way to fit i don't understand it there's so much that doesn't make sense in this movie like okay so he's fishing with like one one standing on one leg yeah i don't understand this at all and then he's like like, this is some balancing like a karate kid type of a move practically and then he throws like the spear into the water to catch the fish but, like, every single time they show him throwing the spear in this movie, he's throwing it, like, towards the beach. He's, like, throwing it towards the shore as opposed to, like... Yeah, in the water. In the water where, you know, you might actually catch something. But he did 
catch a fish, yeah, and I don't even know how. Plot, but I know, but <laughs> still, I mean, like, why the one leg thing? Like, I didn't understand that. They didn't. I don't know. They explain don't explain it. it. He was like, "This is how you catch fish." Other than according I think it's to me, supposed to be funny again to watch him do that goofy <laughs> balance thing, right? And then also to set up that she's gonna try it and fall into the water, and like you know. That'll be like yeah, and he helps a cute her up. little sequence where yeah, it's like, this... oh, I'm going to splash you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> so yeah, he catches all fish. All and fish. it's like a tiny fish, too. But, you know, she's like, let me try. She falls into the water and she's like, yeah, they do the water play. And it's like, uh-huh. yeah, tee And then, you know, he kind of helps her up. And this is when there's... It's a kiss for the first time, right? I think so. I think it's the first kiss. He he had hit on her before. So, like, um, I think, like, you know, the day before, at least in terms of, like, movie, while he's chop while uh, Gordon's chopping down the trees, like, he's basically like, you know, I really like you type of a thing. You could do me, and it would be fine, because, you know, we're on an island, no one else has to know type of a thing. Uh. And she's like, no, no, I'm engaged to Gordon. I'm not interested. Right. Type of whatever whatever response. And so now this is like, she's thought on it for like a day. And now she's like... She saw him fish. And she's like enamored. Yeah. And so they do the fishing and then they go to that secret cove area afterwards and that's when they're doing each other. I think that was like a couple days, like a day later. They didn't... I think it's the same day because they assume that Gordon still has the back problems and that's when... Uh, what's her name? Tarita. Tarita pops out of oh, the water. Oh, see, I thought that was That's like... That's all the same day. Because oh. they come back from doing it and Tarita's there. All yeah, yeah, I know that. But I didn't, I didn't know like that first time they go fishing, they do it immediately. I thought that first not, time... Not during the fishing, but like they go to that other location. Yeah. Because he leads her up that hill to like the secret area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what do you see? And she's like... The Water? ocean. It's like what? Really? You see the ocean? <laughs> the, like this. The shit that you've been seeing this entire time. Holy yeah, cow! Yeah, that was a different day than the first time they go fishing. I don't think so. I could be wrong. It doesn't matter. I don't know. Really. I thought that I mean, was. If it's been two weeks, then who knows what time really is in this? I, I thought know. it was like, because you know, Gordon's late. He's, uh, Bill tells Gordon to just rest and then now gordon's just laying in bill's in um, hammock, hammock yeah. outside of his little hut thing yeah for i don't know how how many days for whatever amount yeah and it could be multiple days but they... that's when like sydney and bill go off and they're fishing and doing whatever like catching food for the day or whatever yeah and they're spending more time together but i thought so the first time they go fishing they kiss and i thought that was a day and then like another day they start to like get to know each other more and that's when he shows her the cove thing and that's when they start snorkeling it i mean it honestly could be different days like this movie just does not do a good job of showing the passage of time so who who knows really and yeah they but so he's and like showing her weeks, how to yeah, snorkel probably. and she's kind of like i don't really know how to swim really right <laughs> but it and seems like a continuation of the same day because I don't ever see them come back to Gordon. I think it's another doing it. time or another day. It could be. 
I don't even know. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, if, t- if two weeks <laughs> we'll go by, right. it could have been like three days go by or something. Yeah, I don't it could know. Be. All I know is that they finally then give they, in to their desires. Yes. They're swimming in the ocean. Like this time where they're snorkeling, they show all these underwater shots of fish and, you know, like sea anemone. Yeah. And it's like cool, like turtles. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. Yeah, one cool. thing that this movie really does have going for it is all the nature shots. Yeah. Like, you know, the scenery is really cool. And then as far as I can tell, I don't think any of this nature stuff was sourced. Like, so when you're seeing like a the footage of a crab or yeah, know, that's the birds all and the trees real. and the lizards and stuff that's all there, the underwater stuff, I think that's all shot for this movie specifically. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you see them interacting with them and sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's all all looks really cool so that's a positive <laughs> he movie. also bill also has a pet dog so that's another positive yeah but they don't really got, show him they show him near gordon like yeah, he just kind of bit. is there sitting near gordon like protecting or something yeah and then that's when trita comes out of the water just like, yeah she comes out like, she, like walks out of the water like, she's a literal mermaid or something. Because right. that's even what Gordon said. He's like, what are you, a mermaid? Because mm-hmm. she just, honestly, like, her head just pops up and she's walking towards the beach. And she's topless. Topless. But her hair is covering yeah. her boobs. She has, like, long pig- pigtails covering the nips. Which I was like, how is this a PG movie? Yeah. <laughs> that was another thing. It's like, this was... Prime time yeah, television. this was on. T- this is not cable. No. <laughs> it is very much like yeah, a couple hairs pushed to the side. Yeah, being like a, a one movie. wrong like move, and you can see full boob. Yeah. So I don't know. And the I plot was... is pretty much on par with like something you would see on Cinemax too. Oh yeah, yeah. And... Even like the music is kind of like a Cinemax type. Movie. Yeah, I mean it's not like sexy music, but it's like the part where they're snorkeling. It's like midi, that's it's yeah. <laughs> that 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 was the sexy music, I, I guess. guess. Maybe but a lot of it is like MIDI keyboard, like it's very synthy, like yeah, kind of what you could make on your computer in like the early '90s, and it's kind of silly. Um, so she yeah she pops out of the water out of nowhere and she gives uh, Gordon a massage. Like, they talk very briefly, and he explains that his back is hurting, and she helps him with that, because she's Wheeler and a masseuse. Mm-hmm. And so she's massaging him while topless or whatever. Uh, around that time, that's when they get back, and Tarita is there to greet her boyfriend, Bill. Mm-hmm. After... After Bill and Sydney just... Just gotten it on. Yeah, in the water. Cove at the whatever. cove yeah um yeah but you know Gordon but is sort of she, oblivious but super happy because his back is cured yeah she cured him by massaging him yeah. and now he's uh i don't want to say like he is kind of like hitting on her you know because he's like oh yeah you're beautiful and blah what are you a mermaid and blah all this stuff and he's like already fawning over her Mm-hmm. Like even in front of Sydney, like she cured me. She she gave me a massage, and that's all he's talking about. Yeah. And then they like you know they all have dinner together, and then they play a game of Monopoly. Yes. 
and it gets like very competitive, competitive between Bill and Gordon. And, and like there yeah, like there's all kinds of like weird jealousy that pops up like during this game of Monopoly that out of nowhere and so it's like a fight of like who's best with money and like who's best at being a game player and like I don't know. It's just really stupid because again like their delivery is very lifeless. Yeah. It's like, "Oh, I'm going to roll. I'm going to buy this." Yeah. It's like, oh, oh yeah. that's $500 from me. Oh, uh, oh, but I have a hotel and three apartments or whatever. Yeah, I, like I have three hotels. And it's just... like, oh, you're out. Oh. And like, then, yeah, it's so stupid. And then, you know, Gordon's like, oh, can I, I have to roll again because my diet, because he was about to land about on like. about to lose. Yeah, he was about, well, he's going to land on like Broadway. No, he's going to land in Park Place. Oh, Park Place. But yes, then. <laughs> which has a hotel on it that Bill owns. Yes. And he's like, oh, I, I have to re-roll again because my dice went off the board. And that's how I've always played it. And that's the rules according to me. And then Bill's like, whatever, whatever, just roll again. But then he he lands on Broadway yeah. instead. <laughs> boardwalk. boardwalk. Or Boardwalk, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Broadway. So, yeah, it's a yeah, even, even went, worse even loss worse. than before because it... Karma. And it's then, just such a yeah, stupid loses. fight. <laughs> it's yeah, just it's, really dumb. It's just fighting over like a game of Monopoly. And it's a really long scene. <laughs> yeah. Compared compared to the overall like, length of the movie. Uh Sydney and Tarita, they both like I don't know, got went bankrupt really early on. So they're just kind of sitting there with their arms crossed watching these two dudes go at it for, I don't know, mm-hmm. most of the night. And they don't seem to be jealous of anything. <laughs> it's just the two dudes who are jealous. Yeah. Even They're though just it seems like them. everyone kind of knows yeah. what the hell's going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like after that, I mean, they pretty much are very open with each other. And it seems like everyone, I don't know. Like, very shortly after that, they all kind of like break up. Right, they're all, because, yeah, he's like, I need to tell you something, and she's like, yeah, so do I. And, you know, Bill and Tarita have the same conversation, but Tarita is kind of more open with it. She's like, I knew the second that I saw you and Sydney together that, you know, something happened between you two, and I'm fine with that. You mm-hmm. you do you type of thing. Right. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, oh, like okay. she's, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, she's not jealous in any way. Yeah. But then, you know, for some, I don't know how she starts falling in love with Gordon because, ugh. Yeah, I don't understand it at all. Like, I, there's like one scene where they have together aside from the massage thing. And I don't even remember what the dialogue was, but it basically meant that he fell in love with her and she reciprocated enough to like do him under the water like, yeah while they're swimming yeah i don't get it i i don't understand why anyone cares about gordon in this movie <laughs> yeah there's nothing about his personality that is appealing oh and then th- meanwhile like they're still trying to build this boat because they're that makeshift boat is like on the sand okay they don't mention that at all. 
They don't, but I saw it. Okay. And I was like, oh, is that the boat they're trying to build? Because it looks like it's all sanded and... Okay. It looked like a canoe. Okay. I didn't it, even notice Oh, it. I don't know. I was paying... I guess I was probably I was like making too many notes of like, why... Why, why is this movie? <laughs> why Mark Lynn Baker? <laughs> why? <laughs> type of a thing. So... This makes no sense. That's why, you know, it was like two weeks go by. So, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I remember like seeing the, the random cutaways to the boat rental person talking to the police chief yeah because like, they never return my boat they never, it must be stolen yeah so yeah meanwhile the guy who you know rents the boat to gordon and sydney like i don't know maybe three days after they we, we don't missing. see them rent the boat i don't think they no we don't, i didn't even know they rented that boat until they said so yeah and like yeah two-thirds of the movie in or three quarters of the movie in, we learned the, that they rented the, rental, the boat. Yeah. Which makes sense. Obviously, they wouldn't have bought a boat. But, you know, just, yeah, the, just progressing the plot to say, hey, yeah. they, I don't they have They never boat came back. back, so what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And so that's when... Well, I mean, the, the other subplot is that Sydney's trying to find out who Bill is because he's very she's yeah. she's like asking him personal questions and he's, and he's not elusive. really giving any responses he's yep. just avoiding stuff and yeah because I mean it, it is weird that there's like this American dude yeah, just living like alone. hanging out alone on an island yeah and she's like why it's is like this happening something is probably up so what is it and they yeah they they and I give the movie at least some credit for having her like snoop around her, uh, his house. Yeah, and whenever not he have leave. him yeah. catch her. Yeah, yeah. Like good that mm-hmm. we don't have that stupid scene in there. Yeah, she finds. Well, she ends up finding. You know, he was. Um, was he wanted, or he was kind of? They. Th- she thought he might be wanted because she found like newspaper clippings of like him being accused of financial crimes at yeah work. that's because and then i was like why would he keep these things of himself yeah <laughs> i thought that was so dumb like yeah, keeping like, clippings like yeah. it's i mean himself maybe you're going off of that sort of like thing where you know criminals like to keep proof of their crimes it's uh, like a yeah. souvenir whatever like I don't know. hey look at the prestige i got for this thing i did that's i, I was trying like is he still wanted like on like he just they didn't really explain like he was wanted for like yeah yeah yeah, not until but in the middle of this movie she thinks that he's like wanted for insider trading or something which is what she does as a da oh yeah specific people so she she's gonna call the cops all of a sudden yeah when the cop like she knows where this fugitive is she's gonna call the cops of tahiti <laughs> or whatever gonna call the cops have them extradited if if it's not a u.s territory that they're in if yeah, it's yeah. u.s virgin islands but or whatever, i was like whatever. so his um his radio works no like not yet but, but how like, does she call the cop how did she doesn't call the cops i thought she did so no. okay she no. threatens to call them when they return oh okay the cops so, yeah. come on their own because they're, they're looking for the, for the stole boat. yeah the stole okay Okay, because they arrive, and it's been two weeks or whatever. And that's when she, you know, she finds all this stuff. She, tell him, she tells Bill, you know, I know who you are, and I know why you're, 
you ran away, whatever. Yeah. I'm gonna tell the cops mm-hmm. or these authorities of <laughs> this r- rental owner, boat owner guy <laughs> all about you or <laughs> something. I also thought it was really weird that, like, okay, so they know him as Bill. And, mm-hmm. like, when, when she gets, you know, when the police come with the boat rental guy, like, she tells the police officer... This guy's real name is William Buzelli or whatever. Buzel. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like. And they're he like, says oh, yeah. His name is Bill, but his real name is William. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, Bill. What? A- yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's. <laughs> well, she was going to go farther and explain his crimes, but then she had like a change of heart because she loves him. Yeah, she realizes so like, that she's and, in love with him. Yeah, and so I forget how she so then, resolves yeah, that sentence. But it's just they, kind of uh, yeah. <laughs> says it's Bill really it's William (laughs) (laughs) and yeah they they offer to bring Sydney and Gordon back to the main island yeah so they can go home finally yeah they and they do and you know part way Gordon's like well Gordon asks Rita to come with Yes. He's like, you know, we have something great here. Come with me. I can set you up with a wonderful life in New York. And she's like, no, I've been there. I don't want to. Yeah, she's like, I like my life here on the islands. And I want to stay here forever. And, you know, while Sydney and Gordon are on the boat going back to their hotel, I guess, he's like, fuck it, I'm gonna be with Tarita. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. He's like, I'm he's like, I don't care about the deal that he was gonna make yeah. or whatever. I don't care about that yeah. anymore. And he jumps off this already moving boat mm-hmm. and swims back to Tarita. Yeah, he says, Sydney, you can come with me too. You can come back too. Like, <laughs> yeah, so you can so, so you, you can, can be, be with, with Bill. Bill. Yeah. And she doesn't. No, she goes back and she's like packing to go home and on this ferry ride back to what like the airport the airport like they take a ferry to an airport well they said like in the vo like when they show like the the shot of the airplane at the very beginning of the movie like they have like a vo of him saying like and how many planes we have to take and she's like well it's three planes and then we have to take a boat whatever to get to this resort so like like multiple okay so so it's part of the trip back yeah so she's taking this ferry back to the airport i guess basically and bill is on this ferry and he's you know shaven (laughs) yeah and has a shirt on for the first time he's wearing like a suit yeah, Ty, whatever, and he's like, <laughs> he tells her that he was framed, mm-hmm. and that the case settled. I was like, you found this out like within a day. No, he knew all along. Oh, he knew. Oh, okay. He I knew thought... all along. Oh, because like, he pulled out the clipping out of his pocket. He's like, I didn't have time to put this in my scrapbook. <laughs> but here's the thing showing here's that the, the real full perpetrator star- was already story. caught. It was imprisoned. my boss yes, in New my, York. My boss framed me. Here's the proof in my pocket. <laughs> oh, I thought. I don't know where he had it. I guess in that in shirt. In, in that his shirt that he never wore. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and And then they were and she's like oh okay and then he's like i want to go back to new york and i want to be with you yeah and they're like they kiss and they're like oh okay whatever and then there's like a whole 
like was there not not a voiceover but just like text afterwards saying that Gordon bought the island from no, Bill. No, he said it in dialogue. Oh, he said okay, that okay. he sold the island to Gordon for 30,000 shares of stock. Whatever the fuck that means. Oh, and then he's, <laughs> no, he's, he's now, 30, now living on the island shares with Shares of Tarita. stock with a penny each? Like, I don't know, like, how many different, whatever. But yeah, whatever. So, yeah, everyone's then, happy. They're all with their Yeah, but it, Yeah, and the, the very last scene is Gordon talking to Rita, like, I'm gonna build, like, six condos on the shore here and we're gonna like whatever yeah, yeah. don't you want to make a business out of this island type yeah of like and sell real estate or blah 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 so i guess that means that bill owned the island somehow yeah like he wasn't just like squatting there and like built his own thing in an isolated island he no he he bought it. he owned the island yeah he said that like sometime in the beginning <laughs> and the island's name is luhana Lu- so yeah, i don't luhana so I don't know if Bill named it Luahana or that's just the name of the island. I don't know, but they translate it as like basically like shit pile. Right. Like it was tamed down for CBS, basically the, the rough translation that they gave. Shit like, like like shit house. It was like yeah. Like, Latrine. I don't know if you know that. It was Whatever. a pile of dung in the middle of nowhere or something like that is what they said. There's but a, yeah, like shit what a, it's kind of, there's a joke in Robin Hood Men in Tights oh. where Tracy Ullman's character, her name is Latrine. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he, I don't know, I always think, I think of that. And, you know, it's like Latrine, that's very an unusual name. She's like, yeah, it used to be shithouse. So uh, okay. I thought of that. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's how another the movie. movie. That's how the movie ends, and then like credits, um, after commercial break, which we don't get to see. It was just so weird to see like those fade in, fade outs where it was like very obviously commercial breaks. Yeah. But I don't know. It, it's it is what it is. I wish we would have been able to see the commercials. Um, but yeah, very weird movie. Very surprising and not funny. It tried no. to be funny, but I don't know. Like, they're smacking each other with branches as they're walking up this hill. Like, I don't know. There's all kinds of stupid stuff. Um, so, in terms of awards, obviously none to mention, because it's a TV movie. <laughs> so, um, what I did not yeah. try to look up, I should have probably tried to look this up, is, like, what the ratings were for this. I don't know I, if you have I that have at all. that. Okay, cool. But maybe we should talk about cast and crew real quickly before we get into all that stuff. Uh, so cast and crew this is directed by Martha Coolidge like we said before um, which is odd because she's done decent stuff right and she's very she's very eclectic in her choices in terms of like what she directs so she's done like Valley Girl she's done Real Genius uh, Lost in Yonkers Out to Sea which is a weird one too Um, we'll see her again in 1991 because she directed Rambling Rose which she won an Independent Spirit Award for. That's so weird. And she's also an Emmy-nominated director for Introducing Dorothy Dandridge, which got uh, Halle Berry an Emmy win. Um, so yeah, very you know prolific and, and varied director, and she chose to do this. Um, maybe just, just you like, know, something about vacation. Is this a contract vacation. thing? Like, hey, in order to make this movie, you got to make this other made-for-TV movie? I don't think so. I don't know. I, she, I think she just chose 
projects that sounded interesting to her at various different times for whatever reason. Uh, and I mean, it's weird to me. If she wanted to do something in a tropical location and shoot all these nature shots, then hey, she got her wish and she did a really good job of the nature part. Yeah, the, the nature stuff, good. <laughs> the story, not. Yeah. yeah. Um, written by Alan and Alan Estrin and Mark Estrin. Uh, Mark Estrin uh, is their brothers. Mark Estrin didn't do a whole lot. Um, this is basically like the last thing he wrote. Um, he and his brother both did a TV movie called Warm Hearts, Cold Feet. Um, and then he left movies behind and opened a wine company in 2000, but he passed away in 2005 from brain cancer, unfortunately. Uh, Alan went on to continue to write stuff. He's done TV series like The Practice, Touched by an Angel, Boston Public, and he also did Pocahontas 2, Journey to a New World. So he went on to do a whole bunch of other stuff. Gregory Harrison gets top billing in this on the VHS cover, hmm. which is weird. I don't know exactly why. Um, we're going to see him again in 1991's Body Chemistry 2, Voice of a Stranger. Uh, also around this time, he was on the TV series The Family Man, which I don't know if you know anything about that, but no, no. I did not. <laughs> not right now, no. It was a TV series. It had uh, Al from Happy Days in there as well. So Okay. Um, he was also probably best known for being on Trapper, Trapper John M.D. as Dr. Gonzo Gates for like seven years. He was also Logan in the Logan's Run TV series, which evidently existed. Uh, he was also on Falcon Crest before this. And currently, right now, he's in General Hospital. Mark Lynn Baker, we already talked about him uh, as being in Perfect Stranger on ABC. Oh, <laughs> so Cousin Larry finally got out of the city. He took Balky's advice. He got yes. out of the city. Um, anyway, Mark Lynn Baker around this time was doing a lot more directing than acting. In 1991, he directed one episode of Family Man, probably because of his connection with Gregory Harrison. Um, he also directed one episode of The Trouble with Hilary, which is Bronson Pinchot's additional series, which also starred Courtney Cox. Uh, he directed 36 episodes of Hanging with Mr. Cooper, so he's done a lot in that um, side of things. Acting-wise, he was in My Favorite Year. That was probably his big breakout role. He was in 150 episodes of Perfect Strangers. Uh, and he was also in the 2005 TV series called Twins. Have you heard of this thing? I did not know this existed. Like the movie Twins? No, evidently not. But it's like a TV series that starred like Sarah Gilbert and Melanie Griffith. And Marklin Baker was like the husband of Melanie Griffith, I think. Hmm. He gets paired with like... <laughs> like it. Like supermodel women, women yeah. in all these just projects. Like, it's, that's it's, like any it's Hollywood show where it's always some ugly dude with some hot chick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's a trope to try to I don't know, like draw people in. I don't know. And he's also was in two episodes of The Leftovers, that HBO series from mm. um, what's his face, the guy who did Lost, Damon Lindelof, mm -hmm. uh, playing Mark Lynn Baker. So. Interesting. Yeah, I never saw that show, but uh, Lisa Hartman played Sydney Wayne. Uh, we'll see her again several different times. Uh, Nineteen ninety-one movies: Fire, Trapped on the Thirty-Seventh Floor, Red Wind, Return of Elliot Ness, and also another thing called Perfect Crimes, which is not on our list. Um, so we'll talk about her more in a bit uh, when we get into those movies. But um, she was got one of her starts as playing Tabitha. In a show called uh, Tabitha, like the bewitched daughter, 
Tabitha. Oh, okay. But it's a series called Tabitha where she played Tabitha. So it's hmm. like an after, after Bewitched TV series, hmm. sequel, spinoff, whatever you want to call it. So, uh, but yeah, that's sort of like how she got her start. We'll talk about more of her career in future movies. Charlotte Lewis was Tarita, also credited as a native girl on IMDb. <laughs> uh, she was in Golden Child. Uh, she was in uh, the TV series Broken Badges around this time, which sounds interesting because it has like Ernie Hudson and Miguel Ferrer in there as well. So it's like an interesting cast that was like around this era as well. Uh, Men of War, Embrace of the Vampire, and also the movie Pirates. Um, yeah. Otherwise, there really isn't a whole lot more in terms of the cast to talk about. Those are like the four main characters. There's like a couple supporting people. The only thing I really want to mention is that guy Cal that we mentioned, the guy uh, yeah, the who appeared in the hotel for like friend or one whatever. Line. Yeah. yeah, it's a guy named Ed Amatrudo. We'll see him a bunch as well. He's in like three different movies: uh, Hundred Lives of Black Jack Savage, Double Crossed, and also Popcorn. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to mention it because he was also in 1991's TV series Super Force, which is another one I want to see. Here's the description of it: In the year 2020. An astronaut becomes a vigilante when he returns from a mission to learn his cop brother has been murdered. Super Force. Mm. Let's watch it. 1991. Anyway, that's basically all the cast. Uh, we'll mention the music that we kind of talked about. Like, we were making fun of it while we were watching the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but we didn't talk about it a whole lot. It's very, like, goofy and, like, um, very kid-like in a way. Maybe it's just because it is like a MIDI keyboard type of a thing, so it has like the cartoony type of a sound effect. It does, it's not very realistic, but the music is done by Scott Wilk, who has done a lot of Martha Coolidge's earlier movies. He did the soundtrack for Valley Girl, uh, The City Girl, and Plain Clothes, which are all Martha's movies. Um, probably most prominently, he also did the music for the TV series Duckman. So, that fits that. And that's it for casting crew for me. So, on to true crime and pop culture, I believe. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about Charlotte Lewis, the actress. I found out some stuff about her. You know, I always try to find out what happened on the day that... Well, first off, this movie was released January 8th, 1991, which was a Tuesday, and this is probably going to be the only Tuesday... For a while, I'm sure. Unless we do TV another TV and, movie that was on a Tuesday, so and I, also like directed videos might be Tuesday, yeah. releases, depending. So I found out, I found out some information about short, like recent news. A trigger warning, content warning. Everything that I talk about, true crime related, is sexual assault. So, a couple of articles I found. There was one that was like, I mean, there was a few articles. One was like on CNN, there was a Daily Beast, and then there was The Guardian. They all kind of said the same things. They were published May 14th, 2010, where Charlotte Lewis appeared at the office of her lawyer, Gloria Allred, in LA to put to reporters the allegation that Roman Polanski, the director, had abused her. Director of Pirates. That yes, she was in, yes. Like in I, 1986. Yeah, I'll yeah. get to it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that Roman Polanski had abused her, and quote, in the worst possible way in Paris. This was in 
when she was 16, so this was around 1982. She gave no details and no evidence was provided to support this accusation, but Allred said that her client wanted to present these allegations in order to show the U.S. courts that the charges against Polanski, what he currently is facing, you know, for the rape of the 13-year-old girl, was not just an isolated case. Mm -hmm. Like, he's done this more than once. So, okay, and now I'm going to say Lewis appeared in Polanski's Pirates movie in 1986, but she stated that four years prior, she was sexually abused by him at least twice in Paris. And she says, quote, he took advantage of me and I have lived with the effects of his behavior ever since it occurred and all I want is justice. And Polanski's legal team said that they were unaware of these allegations from Lewis. That was as of May 14th, 2010. But then a few days later, another article came out saying that Charlotte Lewis may have lied, quote? I don't know. It was just like the title of this article. Like, Charlotte Lewis lying? So this starts off saying that in her interview that was 2010, she unearthed article. They unearthed an interview that she gave in 1999 for the tabloid, the Britain's News of the World, which we talked about mm-hmm. on impromptu because of Hugh Grant, you know, pretty yeah, much. Hugh Grant's lawsuit against them. Yeah. Yep. And eventually shutting that tabloid down. So in that interview she gave in 1999 to Britain's News of the World. She states that she had a six-month tryst with Polanski when she was 17, and, quote, she said, I knew that Roman had done something bad in the United States, but I wanted to be his mistress. She also says, I wanted him probably more than he wanted me. That's what she said, according to this 1999 interview. And in that 1999 interview, she never mentions any sexual abuse by Polanski. She just goes on about their relationship that they had when she was 17. And she said that Polanski introduced her to Warren Beatty, who was scouting for the film Ishtar. And she claimed that they soon began an affair. So she had an affair with Warren Beatty. Hmm. The earlier, the 1999 interview also detailed a deeply troubled past that included her forays into prostitution at the age of 14 while she was still in Catholic school. And Lewis spoke of her cocaine addiction and hinted at flings with other celebrities, including her Golden Child co-star Eddie Murphy. And then she also had flings with Mickey Rourke and Charlie Sheen. These were, you know, there were immediate questions about the validity of Lewis's allegations against Polanski, given that she was cast in his film in 1986, which was, she was uh, like 20 at the time, and appeared at the Cannes Film Festival on his arm years after her alleged incident. And in an interview of Pirate's release, Lewis said that she had 
she had a romantic relationship with Polanski and she said it was a physical one and she said that she can't help falling in love with him but he she said that he didn't want me in that way mm. so as of 2010 she states that you know her past she had past bouts of bulimia and you know all this caused her turmoil and she came out with him stating that she was sexually abused by him in 1982. She came out with that in 2010, but this article was asking why didn't you say this in your 1999 interview? And even one of Polanski's lawyers says that they are now contemplating legal actions against Lewis. I was trying to find, like, a conclusion to this, and there really isn't. Yeah. It just seems like, you know, she's being, like, slut-shamed. Yeah. And, you know... It seems like all the This was before... Yeah, yeah. This is why, like, women don't come out about being sexually abused, because they just... They're called liars. And they're like, why didn't you say this, like at the time right. or whatever as if they would have been believed at that point too right yeah. so and this was well before the me too you know the me too era came out like you know in 2017 this was you know 2010 and right. she was going off about this and i was trying to find like what happened but there is nothing else that i saw after that and there, i mean there's still like a lot of Roman Polanski like defenders for oh yeah and what that's is known not just not for Charlotte Lewis but for like the thirteen year old yes and there's a lot of people who are yeah so and then I did but there's a reason he's not allowed in the U S like, yes <laughs> or if he comes here he'd be arrested yeah and I did there was like uh, another article but it was kind of like in French and <laughs> I was trying to read some of it and it, it sounded as if like he has sexually abused other women and it was there was a french woman that also came out as well yeah i would not be surprised yeah and i'll also say i mean just if she was 16 i have no idea what the statute of limitations is in most states but i would assume even if it was quote-unquote consensual according to these tabloids Mm -hmm. it's not according to the law in many many places oh yeah so (laughs) fuck off (laughs) right now i'm gonna move on to music um the the charts for i'm looking at the week of january 12th 1991 the top five songs on the billboard hot 100 where number one was justify my love by madonna and number two is because i love you by stevie b Number three is High Enough by Damn Yankees. Number four is Love Will Never Do Without You by Janet Jackson. And then number five is From a Distance by Bette Midler. That's a variety. I know. I was looking at this entire list of the Hot 100 and I was like, this should be a playlist. And I'll listen to it because all this is the type of music I was listening to when I was like 10 years old. That's crazy. If we, if we can find videos for those five, we'll try to put them up on the website. Yes, especially Justify My Love. Okay, moving on to TV. So this was on a Tuesday. I'm 
ABC, January 8th, 1991, at 8 p.m. was Who's the Boss? What what station is this? This is on ABC. ABC, okay. Yeah. Who's the Boss? And it was head of the class. Roseanne, coach, and then 30-something. Hmm. Those are probably new episodes for all Yeah, they're all new episodes. Yeah, this is like, you know, right in the fall season, you know. Yeah. Or it's probably like... like, right after holidays. Yeah. People have come back from their winter breaks and it's time to start up the second half of the season, basically. Mm -hmm. That's Uh, stiff competition for... For bare essentials. essentials. I mean... So at the same time as Bare Essentials, it was Roseanne, Coach, and 30-something. Because on CBS, from 8 to 9 was Rescue 911. And then Bare Essentials came on at 9 p.m. So it was 9 to 11. That, that's Eastern, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. And the ratings were 13.3 million were watching this movie. Wow. How, how did uh, Roseanne and... Roseanne had 18 million. Okay. Coach was 15 million. 30 something was 10 million. Hmm. So it's just interesting to see how many. I mean, I know, like, this is the early time of TV where, I mean, and then there's very few channels. Very few channels, very few cable options. The cable options aren't as strong as they were before. And, like, so someone's watching something and they're like, let's just watch something. And something I was thinking about is, like, we don't see too many made-for-TV movies anymore unless you're talking about, like, Lifetime, you know, Christmas stuff. Yeah, yeah, And I think it's because a lot of that has, you know, there's not enough ratings to justify it, for one. And two, like, all of that's just going to streaming now. Like, you know, all those exclusive movies that would have been made for TV are now just going, like, being picked up by Netflix or whatever. Oh, yeah. Instead, so. And on... NBC was Matlock. After Matlock is a show called In the Heat of the Night. Have you heard of this? Yeah. Did you watch it? No. Do you I know mean, what it's about? It's based off of the movie. Yes. I've seen the movie a couple times. Amazing movie. Oh, I have not. So um, I know then, this is like a... It's loosely based. It's kind of like a loose... Yeah, it's, um, it's a loose... Like, sequel. I, I don't know who movie. plays... Tibbs in it uh, but doesn't the guy from All in the Family Carol O'Connor is that yes. his name? Carol O'Connor is he the police yeah he's he Bill Gillespie yeah. and Howard Rollins is Virgil Tibbs okay but yeah so it's it's uh, the white cop and the black detective out of town are coming to solve crimes yes that lasted so this was on First, it was on NBC from 1988 to 1992, and then it moved to CBS from 92 to 95. And it was on for seven seasons. I didn't know it was in the 90s, honestly. I thought it was like Me neither. I 80s show, because the yeah. movie was 1968? 67. 67, okay. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it I deals never... a lot with like, the racial injustices, and, and you know, because it takes place in the racist yeah in the sixth yeah this, racist area of the south yeah and so here comes this black detective who's overruling the white cops and tensions arise mm-hmm. so there's a lot of shows like that on around this time which is interesting yeah 
But I had no idea that this was on until 1995, like mid-90s. No, I didn't know it was the 90s at all. But yeah, I've heard of the show. Yeah, that was on, and that had 16 million huh. people watching, so more. that was competing with this movie, Bare Essentials. And after that was an episode of Law and Order. Which is amazing that that's been on since I know, exactly. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. On to rankings and ratings we go. Uh, so on your one to five star scale, where would you put Bare Essentials? I mean, I'm going to give this a one. I imagine that that's, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, so on to my zero to four star scale. Oh, gosh. I don't know if I want... I'm going to give it a half. I don't think it's deserving of a full-on zero, and probably most of that is because it was quick enough to be, like, tolerable. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I would watch this movie... I will always... I'm going to compare this movie to... Other People's Money. Other People's Money and Kiss Before Dying. I honestly would watch this movie over those two. Yeah. Because it's just... Yeah, it's I kind would. of, like, lighthearted fluff. Yes, it's very mindless entertainment. Yeah. And plus, again, the nature shots are really cool. Like, even now. Yeah, the, like I'll it, watch some turtles and fish yeah. <laughs> over other people's yeah. money. Yeah, let me see that tiny frog in the tree again. Yeah. yeah like, that's cool. I, I don't understand why he's holding the puffer fish, but hey, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, um, would you watch every movie's worth watching once? Would you watch it again? Not unless it was, like, on for some reason, but yeah. no, I, Which I'm not going to... it never will be. No. We're not buying the used VHS. No. no. I, I wouldn't seek out this movie, but if someone was like, I really want to see this, I'd be like, sure. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know who would really want to see this. I don't know. If, like, if somebody really wants to see, like, everything that was made in 1991... Like, uh us <laughs> but um, maybe yeah but no i will not or if someone's doing like a, a the women of marklin baker retrospective or something yeah if someone's like hey i really watch like perfect strangers and want to watch everything marklin baker has ever done mm -hmm. then sure yeah so yeah very isolated reasons to watch it uh, but if you out there want to watch Bare Essentials as of this recording in August 2021, it's available on VHS, or currently you can find it on YouTube. Uh, as always, check your local listings. As for us, you can listen to us on all of your major podcasting platforms. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can email us at 1991movierewind at gmail.com. Of course, you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Letterboxd. Just search 1991movierewind or go to 1991movierewind.com for the full list of movies along with show notes and more. Next week, we're going to be watching Fred Ward and Ian Moore in Cast a Deadly Spell. That's available on HBO Max, Digital Rental, or VHS. We'll see you then. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>